When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. podcast is intended for mature audiences. The views and opinions expressed are those of the panelists and do not reflect in any way those of the podcast partners, sponsors, or affiliates. Enjoy. Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and you're listening to the voice of the people. Let's get ready for Boxing Voice. Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. Every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling. Boxingboys.com. What broke him down? Was it just the body punching? punching. I was was hitting with body punching. I heard him actually he was crying in there. You're saying that Big was crying when you hit him? Yes. When when did that happen? And perhaps the fourth round on. So you knew you had him by that Absolutely, time. Absolutely, but I knew he was tough and he was taking those punches. Let's go, champ. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Boxing Voice Radio. Today, we're here to discuss the doubleheader just announced today. Matchroom and DAZN. Shout out to Eddie Hearn putting Richardson Hitchens in another great opportunity. This will be an IBF title eliminator. So it looks like Richardson Hitchens will continue his route for a world title shot in the IBF sanctioning body. And uh, Jack Catterall seems to have pulled out of the situation. So in steps in Gustavo Limon, and Gustavo will be Hitchens' opponent. Now, for those that don't know Gustavo, he is actually a 135-pounder. He already had an IBF eliminator with Lee Selby, but that was at 135. He's had a few fights at 40, and he will be moving up for this opportunity. And uh, we'll see. Many are saying that Hitchens will be running in this fight. I think that while Gustavo has some power, I don't see the skills necessary. He's a little raw. Um, Maybe if he had a switch of trainers... Uh, and some time, right? I don't even think that him getting with a Robert Garcia at this moment or getting with, you know, uh, who else is a good Spanish trainer? You know, I don't know. Robert Garcia, Manny Robles. The issue is I don't know that there will be enough time. This fight is taking place April 6, 
Your co-main event is another very good fight. You got Sean McCallum coming off of his win over Money Powell, and he's taking on the big punch in Diego Pacheco. I think Diego is on about a nine-knockout fight streak. So, you know, for Diego, um, he's doing his thing. For Callum, McCallum, this is certainly a step up for him, and uh, we'll see what he can do, you know, uh, with this step up against uh, Diego Pacheco, who has been making a name for himself, you know, already. For Hitchens, you know, there are a lot of people that are confused, and I don't know why. Um, he said what he said about the rehydration clause that the IBF has, which is a 10-pound rehydration, 10-pound rehydration that, you know, if the day I, the day of the fight you have to get on the scale and you got to make sure that you don't weigh above 10 pounds from that limit. So uh, you weighed in 140 the day before. You got to weigh in 150 the night of the fight. And, um, you know, that is uh, something that Hitchens had an issue with, something that he did a few interviews about and made it clear that that was an issue and that may be one of the reasons why he wouldn't go down that IBF route. But he is. He is. So this means, obviously, that he is willing to fight Sabril Matias for the IBF junior welterweight title because this is an IBF eliminator. And again... Many were speculating that he didn't want to do this because of his interview. But in fact, Jack Catterall is the one that pulled out of these, uh, you know, ordered negotiations by the IBF. Now, think about this. Gustavo Limon is number eight. So there was quite a few people ahead of Limon that did not take this opportunity is what we have to assume. And Gustavo Lamont, number eight, as I am highlighting, Taylor didn't take it, and he's coming off a loss. Maybe he felt, you know, that Richardson Hitchens style is just too much off of a loss. Regis didn't take it. Maybe he thought, fuck, I just, I just fought someone like that in Devin Haney. I don't think I want that. Ryan Garcia... He's had his own negotiations fail. And then, obviously, Jack Catterall, who had already pulled out. And Hitchens, who is the number three, two and one are vacant. Your champion, Sabril Matias, as we're screen sharing here on YouTube.com forward slash The Boxing Voice. Don't forget, in about another 22 minutes, we will be having Darius Fogum on the show. He's... Scheduled to be on the Golden Boy card where Jaime Munguia will be headlining versus John Ryder. We'll be having Darius Fulgham on the show in just a bit. And, uh, yeah, we're talking some hardcore boxing here, man. This isn't for everybody, right? Uh, Gustavo Lamone, uh, you had to seek him out to watch it, right? I mean... Somehow he was able to get Lee Selby to his country of Argentina. So, you know, the Lee Selby fight wasn't even on a network that we're familiar with. 
but it is on YouTube. And a few other fights. He He's only been fighting once a year for the last couple of years, so it's not like he has a bunch of activity. So he certainly has that against him. Richardson Hitchens is certainly active and uh, no rust. Timing, everything is is clicking for Hitchens. You know, he's he's been active. Matchroom's done that. And, uh, you know, I foresee a big win. Gustavo's moving up for one. He's already short. Hitchens already tall and long. This is a big task for Gustavo, who is a wide and fat puncher, as Teddy Atlas would say. So I really don't see him getting the upset, but you never know. You know, power certainly changes things. Certainly changes things. Now, Sean McCallum taking on Diego Pacheco. We will be having Sean McCallum on the show um, Thursday at 8. So if you want to ask him a question, join our Patreon or our YouTube members. Drop him a question and, uh, you know, say, hey, my name is Diego from Phoenix, and this is my question. So that he knows, you know, that he's got fans all over. Same thing for Darius. You still got time to drop Darius a question and um, have that answered right here live on the show. He'll be on at 7.30. Um, Richardson Hitchens, look, man, uh, this is a good step up for him. Not up, rather. This is a good fight for him that uh, puts him in position. You know, um, he hasn't had a promoter that's doing as much as Eddie is doing for him. Um uh, this is his second headline now, which, you know, some people might take offense. Diego Pacheco, probably a little further along in his career, uh, probably a little more television friendly and didn't get that main event or headline status. Instead, he is the co-main. So another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You got it, credit Eddie Hearn. And um, you got to be grateful if you're Hitchens because Eddie is definitely putting him in position. And, um, you know, keeping him very active, man. Keeping him very active. Uh, this is a good fight for Hitchens. I mean, again, everything points to Hitchens being the A side here, right? He's taller than Limon. He's longer than Limon. He's naturally the bigger fighter. You know, Limon is moving up. So Hitchens in a very good position here. Eddie doing exactly what he needed to do for Richardson. Um, again, the Selby fight was at 35 for Limon. That's probably his biggest name 
you know. Uh, but he's not a small guy. Throughout his career, he certainly fought at 40 and close to it. Um, but not the biggest of punchers, you know. When you consider a puncher, 19 KOs uh, out of 30, almost 30 fights, I, I don't know. It's obviously more than 50%, but I don't know. He does give me Diego Chavez vibes, who was also from Argentina. And uh, this is what he looks like. Gives me those Diego Chavez vibes for real. He really does look like Diego. Um, but I just think he's too fat with his punches. There's no way that he'll be able to really, you know, do enough to win the fight, in my opinion, unless he lands one of those big looping shots on Hitchens and that chin just crumbles. I, I, I really can't see him, you know, beating Hitchens. I just can't. I just, I really can't. Selby did well. You know, um, Selby did very well, and he just didn't do great defensively, right? Like, it's not like you can't see Gustavo loading up. So we'll see what Hitchens does, who, you know, in his last two fights certainly showed to be a boxing talent. Uh, the way he dismantled Bauza and then Zepeda, uh, I'm interested to see, you know, can a pressure fighter pressure him or is his composure and accuracy just too much for his competition? But phone lines are open if you want to call in. We got about another 15 minutes before we get Darius Fulgham on the show. If you want to talk about the doubleheader, Richardson Hitchens taking on Gustavo Limons, Sean McCallum, taking a very tough assignment to get in the ring with Diego Pacheco. So phone lines are open. We're going out to Noble in Vegas. What's up? Peace. Peace and blessings. I'm in Toledo right now, man. I got them picking up. I ain't in Vegas right now. But um, Richardson Hitchens, is, uh, he's Haitian. Right, he's not from Africa. He's actually from Haiti, right? Yeah, he represented Haiti is, uh, in the Olympics. Without a doubt, that's what I thought. And then I noticed that uh, Eddie went to go see and uh, negotiate, sit down, or you know, just you know, chatted up with uh, Sabriel Matias when they was in Phoenix for that other fight, right, with the same promoter. And um. So what I'm saying is this, I see I see in the future coming up, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Richardson Hitchens actually go for that IBF belt and um, you know, end up coming together with Sabrina Matias. And I think it'll be an excellent fight, man. I would look forward to that. And then in addition to that, man, I got Pacheco. I got Pacheco over McCalman. You know what I mean? That's it, man. Shout out to the breast cancer. Warriors, shout out to the breast cancer survivors, and definitely shout out to the breast cancer angels. All right, peace, man. All right, all right. No, this is not Federico Pacheco. This is actually Diego Pacheco taking on Sean McCallum for the ones asking in the chat. 
Um, so it's not Federico, but I'm sure Federico will be on the undercard. Shout out to Federico, the heavyweight Pacheco. We got Nike Hendrix Twitter check in. Shouts out to the boxing voice, man. Shouts out, Miss Danny, whole team. So Richardson Hitchens, Hitchens got a fight with Lemos. Gustavo Lemos. Lemos, okay, okay. I ain't gonna lie, I ain't too familiar with that guy, Ness. What is he? He what? Has he ever been a champ or not? Never been a champ. Never been a champ. Biggest win is Lee has he, Selby. Has he been like international or anything? Yeah, I mean, he fought UK's own Lee Selby, the Welsh Mayweather. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I mean, I have to look it up, man. I don't really too much know about him. And what was McCallum and Pacheco? What that's under Pacheco, Pacheco, not Pistachio, Pacheco. <laughs> uh, nah, I say Pacheco. I, I missed his name up, but you said Pacet. Pa Damn, I can't pronounce. I'm gonna call him Pat. Pa Pacheco. <laughs> oh, okay, Pacheco. Okay, Pacheco. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. What, what division that is? One sixty-eight. Canelo's division. He's he's top five. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, the one sixty eight starting to light up. Okay, they need to come back to the glory days, like when Roy was up there, man. For real. Well, yeah, man, I'm be listening in, man, catching my knowledge. I ain't really too hip on this one. I ain't gonna like, but I ain't gonna fake this like these other motherfuckers who say they're hardcores. They not. You know I'm saying, like I said, I'm not a casual or hardcore. I'm in between. I just get my knowledge as I go. But I do like the sport. I am a fan of a boxer, though. Haney, my favorite boxer, but I still like the sport. That's why I told you I ain't too fond of this. But I'm going to keep listening in and, you know, check it out. See what, see what they got to say about it. That's my call, man. Yeah, man. I mean, even the hardest of hardcores... Don't really know Gustavo. You know, it's crazy. All this time, I thought he was with Samson Lewikovich. He's not. He's with, like, MR Promotions or Ormery. Or or, I don't know. Something like that. Omer Promotions. I don't know. Not a lot to do. Look, you can go watch this 2023 fight that he just had in December. It was a one-round knockout. Um, You know, the Lee Selby fight, you can go watch that. That was last year. As you can see, he's really only fighting once a year. In 2021, he had two fights, but they were in Argentina. And, you know, obviously, he was in position. He came in overweight, and he lost his position. But not really, right? Because one year later, he's back in position at another weight class. So, um I say all that to say it's not a lot of homework to do. YouTube has the Javier Clavero fight and the Lee Selby fight, and really there's nothing else for you to watch. There's plenty of other fights. They're just four years old and five years old, and you can watch them, you know, to get a handle on his style, but they're just older. But, uh, you know, shout out to YouTube that at least, you know, we can uh, reference to and check out 
his style. I got Leonard Sterling, first super chat of the day, five pounder. He says, Limones was IBF 135 mandatory. Lost his position. He missed weight last year, eight pounds. Pulled him from the fight. He had to move up. Could not make 135 anymore. Well, there you go. Um, Scotty Dippin, I keep seeing you, uh, I, 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 I keep seeing you um, mention Hitchens don't want the IBF. I think that we need to stop saying that. This is an IBF eliminator. Like, this is literally showing you he's okay with fighting Sabril Matias. Like, why are you paying sanctioning fees? Why are you going through an eliminator if you don't want to fight the champ? So, I mean, you guys need to just stop saying that. It's getting corny. Amazon Prime. What up? What's going on, Ness? What's up, bro? Who's this? This is Josh in uh, Dallas. What's good, Josh? Talk to us. All right, so I wanted to say shout out to uh, Hitchens. You know, um, and he recently re-signed with uh, Eddie also with another, I, I think another three-fight deal. So that's really good for Hitchens, you know. I feel like A's kind of going to make him have to go down that Matias road, though. There's no really other light for him. Um, I mean, besides the WBC, but yeah, he'd have to try to get a fight with Sandor, which, I mean, I fight that's a good petition right there. Since Devin Mandatory isn't for 12 months, he'd get a petition with the WBC. I think he's like number uh, two or three. But, I mean, even going down the IBF route, I mean, it's, it's clear as day for him if he wants to do it. So, I mean, shout out to Eddie for picking up these American who d didn't have a home. I think, uh, I, I don't know if you're interviewing Kenneth Sims soon, but somebody needs to tell him that I think Matrim is the home for him. I mean, I mean, Matchroom, big, Matchroom got He ain't a big enough name for PBC, man. No, I know, but they got to want him. Matchroom got to want him, right? Like, um, Kenny Sims, what's his hometown? Chicago? We haven't seen... Yeah, but he's ranked number... He's ranked number... He's ranked number two, Ness. Yeah, number two, but... but who doesn't, who doesn't keep, want him? He keep getting overlooked, right? Like, he had an eliminator last year for the WBA, but somehow O'Hara and Basuro and Roley are all intertwined there. So where exactly does Kenny Sims fit? I am trying well, to get him well, on. Well, that's because he's promoted by Vito Melanicki's dad. Again. He ain't promoted by PBC. He's just getting on PBC shows because of Vito. Again. Senior. Again, Matchroom got to want him. Matchroom got to believe that that position that he got, they could do something with. Yo, Ness, man, you need to you need to talk to Joe. Or uh, what's, what's the guy that dates uh, Eubanks, uh, Eubanks' daughter Frank, that works at Matchroom? Frank, Frank Smith. You got to talk to one of them, man, and, and get on the scout roster because these are – even with the uh, this Pete Dawson guy, I mean, I've never seen him, but the thing is, this, I heard right? about like, him on PBB. Yeah, but you and I, you and I, like uh, Kenny Sims, we got to learn what metrics they using to gauge what a fighter could sell and and draw. Like 
we like Kenny Sims because he could fight, but is he is he gonna bring in some tickets and money for them? Is it worth is it worth them promoting him? Because you know Montana at least he proved he could sell in his own hometown. He was doing it on his own. You know he was putting on shows on his own, so he he could at least show match on like look, I sold two thousand, I sold three thousand tickets, I did this show on my own. Yeah, well, it's time for Eddie to take a risk on him. I mean, I, I'll pay for a, a counterpunch for this. It's time I for mean, Eddie to take a risk on him, dude. Bro, but do you the take a risk? Because he's ranked, he's ranked number two. So he got, he's got time for two fights. If Barroso is not an option right now, he's got time for two fights. I don't I know, man. You put him I, on think, the, I think on that's card just a, a tough, gate card and then you. That's just a tough position, man. That's just a tough position. Can you remember the last time Matchroom and 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 PBC was in a was in a purse bid situation? Oh no, no, Ness. But I mean, you, you don't know that this is his last fight. That's why PBC stalling him. What you mean? This is his last fight. This is his last fight on his PBC GH3 little contract. Oh, Kenny Sims. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's gonna resign, bro. He won some sort of WBA version. I'm I'm you know, depending what Vito wrote in that contract. I mean, let me let me see, man. I can find out. Man, we gotta speak it into existence, man. We need Sims out of there. The yeah. zone is picking up all the Americans who <laughs> really? don't sell tickets right along with I don't know about Sims. all that. I don't know about all that. What what Americans are they picking up? I mean, shit, they picked up Hitchens. Bro, that was a while ago, and and obviously he panned out. He beat Bowser, you know what I'm saying? He beat uh, he beat uh, Zepeda. <laughs> you know, he Yo, showed that he did But Sims is right there. All he needs is some backing. All he needs is some petitions written. I'm not saying you lying. I'm just saying, you know... I just don't know that, that GH3 didn't write that up. Like, if you win a world title, that extends you. Like, he won some sort of WBA with GH3. They're not about to just let him walk. Okay, yeah, I hear you. But listen to this, too, though, Ness. Just like I was saying that they need better scouts. America been telling Eddie Montana was a fraud. He could have he could have grabbed Kenneth Sims instead of Montana. Yeah, but 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 who got a bigger following? That's what I'm saying. Like who proved to sell tickets? Not that they brought him home because he ain't really pan. I mean, they did bring him home. He did bring him home. They did, and he <laughs> he flipped Steve Sparks out the ring. Good good job. All right, but 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 was it bad ticket sales? Like that's what I'm saying. The promoter still gotta make money. He can't just be out here doing favors for you. Yeah, but look how look how Montana was promoted. He got promoted after that after that Jake Paul splash. He got promoted well. Yeah, he that, was on a Devin Haney co-main. Yeah, but that was Jake Paul. He was on a Canelo that, card, wasn't he? But that was Jake Paul. That wasn't that that Jake Paul fight that he got is what got him the matchroom deal. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying after that Jake Paul, he was promoted. He was promoted well on matchroom. He was yeah, co-main with the took, dog. They took on, a chance um, with him. They took a chance with him. Man, and it didn't pan about out. You, but but I don't out. understand how you don't say. Yo, yo, 
Did he drop off? The fuck? Amazon Prime? Hold on a sec. Damn, I'm about to get my interview too. Yo, yo, yo. Well, hopefully uh, everything is good. Because I should begin my interview in a few minutes. All right, so Darius seen the message and got the link, so we're just waiting on him. I don't know. I'm restarting Discord. I don't know what happened there to my caller. Darius, how are you? My guy. How's it going, man? You good? I'm good. I'm good. Everything is good. Happy to have you on the show, man. Um, big fight for you, man. Big fight for you. Big step up. Alantes Fox. Um, you know, certainly uh, a guy that's been around the block, uh, you know, an opponent that the public knows. Uh, what was your thoughts on uh, getting the call to face Alantes Fox? And uh, how long did you have in terms of uh, notice? Well, I say it definitely was a surprise when I got the call that, that he, that he accepted the fight, <clears throat> um, but it made me happy because there were some other opponents that was on the that was on the table that um, that was talked about. But then when they mentioned him, I said, "Oh man, that's a perfect opponent." Because just like you said, I mean, he's a, he's a name. He's been around the block. He fought for a world title. You know, may not have won one, but he's he's a credible opponent, and I think he's a perfect guy that really show where I'm at. You know, um, to really demonstrate to the public where I'm at. So I make a statement this fight. You know, it's easy to then make the comparison on how I did against him compared to how other people did with him. Um, so I'm just really blessed and excited for the opportunity. Man, that's so funny that that's what you're thinking about because that's exactly where I was going. Like, you got this knockout streak. Now you're <clears throat> being put in there with a guy that we know is durable. So it's kind of mm -hmm. like it gets to test how real your power is if you Right. You know, can you get Alantes Fox out of there like some of the people that have faced him in the past or can you not? But you're already thinking about the comparison. So are you yourself looking forward to comparing your performance to some of these other guys that may have beat him? I, I look and I think ultimately what I always will say I never put too much pressure on myself for that. But I mean, realistically, that's just how the business of it is, you know, and and that's ultimately how I got to put my name out there. And so my whole goal is in any fight really is to make a statement. And so, I mean, I don't look at this fight any different than really any other fight, but I do understand the magnitude of it that, you know, even an opponent like this can push me up the rankings a lot. For sure. And it, there's a WBA Intercontinental Super Middleweight title on the line, so that's going to absolutely, uh, you know, push you up those rankings. I mean, that's, that's the whole goal, really, at the end of the day, is just keep climbing the rankings because... Once you start tapping into the rankings that through either the sanctioning bodies, they're the ones that control. They put you in a position where you can really fight for these titles, you know. Um, and Canelo obviously holds all the belts right now, but I think eventually all those belts will open up um, for 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 free for all for everybody to grab. So I just want to put myself in a position, which will take a little bit of time. I'm not naive to think it's going to happen immediately. Even with the even if I put on a dominant performance now. Uh, 
But I'm mindful of that on even after this fight, I'm about to just keep keep putting on, keep putting getting back in the gym and uh keep putting on dominant performances fight after fight. Yeah, I mean, uh, Alantes, you know, been in there with, with some of the best. Demetrius Andre, David Morrell, who's red hot right now. Beck the Bully, who is known as a, a puncher. Um, have you watched tape on him, or you've only watched him from fights in the past when you were just a fan? All right, now, I've watched tape on him, especially now I fought. I mean, we actually fought on the same card, uh, on Zerto's card, the one he fought Beck. I fought. I think I was. I was actually the fight right before he, before he went. Um, and that's why I said it was even more crazy that we were. You know, we were talking at the press conference at the fight. I had no idea that we would probably fight, and that was just two fights after that. You know, for me. Um, so it's so crazy how how the world really works. Uh, but I, I knew of him. I've seen his fights before, and even then, when I got the call that it was him, I think he has a lot of tape out there for me to watch. So I did study him. So. Obviously, being on the same fight, talking to him in the past, you didn't really size him up, but he's a tall guy. Him and his brother go by the Fox Towers. Um, you're not short. You know, you're 6'1". Uh, so how much of a difference was it for you, I guess, when you were face-to-face? Uh, it was a bit, I mean, he, he is tall. I mean, he said he's 6'5". I believe it. I, he, I didn't question it. <laughs> but the thing that I do like about it about this matchup too is the optics of it, right? Um, optically, when you when you see a guy like that, what's the first thing that you? I'm gonna ask you this question for it. What's the what's the first thing you think of when you see a tall fighter on how they would fight? I mean, ideally, you want them to fight tall and long, but that's not always what tall fighters do. I mean, I think of Paul Williams. I think of Jamal James. They don't use their height and reach. Uh, you say Fundora, Fundora the same way. Um, but stereotypically, a lot of viewers that, that don't really know boxing, when they watch it, they automatically assume him to be the longer fighter. He should be using his jab. And I think that's a big takeaway I wanted people to recognize when they watch the fight <clears throat> is I really believe I have have a really, uh, one of the greatest jabs in boxing. And so I think it'd be a good way I can demonstrate that too, where optically he should have the better jab. But if I'm out jabbing somebody that's 6'5", you know, how does that really look? And so that's something I really want to control on the optics of it, too. Did you watch his last uh, um, fight before last that went 10 rounds with Eric Bazianin uh, from yeah, Canada? Okay. Because uh, that was a tight fight. It was. And you know, uh, that's ultimately where I'm getting my point at, too. Like, Bazinian, uh, I think he's, like, ranked third or something in the WBA. He's, he's ranked up there somewhere in the WA, and we've had common opponents. We have had a common opponent in Allen Camper, um, where he Allen Camper they went the distance with him, and I think Allen Camper even won some rounds. I fought Allen Camper back in October on that fight on uh, in, on the Zerto card, stopped him in the first round. So here's another like-minded opponent in uh, Lantez Fox, who. That was a very close fight. I think it was a majority decision where one of the cards that they had as a draw, I think. And so, yeah, again, make a statement like, yeah, make a statement like this, then it really can kind of show like, okay, y'all have Bazinian ranked like third in the WA. We have common opponents, and you can see the difference on how I've paired against these opponents compared to him. Yeah, it's an easy argument to make for me to climb the rankings, you know. So 
He's actually number two in the WBA. Um, that argument, though, I've been to a few of the conventions. Uh, that argument that you're, 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 you're planning to make, would that be in a petition or would you be making that argument live at one of the conventions? I guess the next one would be, you know, this winter 2024 for the WBA. Yeah, I mean, it's just something that's on my mind. I wouldn't necessarily <clears throat> petition, but I mean, I could. But the thing is, I'm gonna have plenty more fights uh, after this one. You know, uh, plan to stay extremely active this year. I still want to have like five fights, five to six fights this year as I can. You know, this is my first ten rounder. If I can stay busy like that, there's there's no way else for me to climb the rankings. You know, and I just want my actions. I really don't want to have to petition anything, right? I much rather what I do in the ring can demonstrate and talk for myself. And so um, I am just stating that because it is true. And, and when you go, I went to the WA convention uh, back in December and I, I kind of seen how everything was operating when people come up to petition and, and they always make those same arguments. Oh, this person did this, this person did that. Y'all got this person ranked here, but our, this guy did this. So I know how it works. Um, and I'm pretty sure, you know, somebody on my behalf would go and will petition for me. Uh, but again, that's not my job. My job is just to win and to put on performances that, that the fans love. For sure, for sure. Um, the knockout uh, streak, is that something you think about? Is it something that you would like to keep going? I mean, Edgar Belanga got so much hype for having that knockout ratio and being able to get people out of there in the first round and you look at guys like Archer Betterbeeve and Virgil Ortiz, you know, it's it's easier to sell someone that can get knockouts. Tank, Wilder, you know, these names right. are kind of household names within boxing. Right. So now I don't put too much pressure on myself. And when you hear the – when you watch the broadcast, they talk about that all the time. I've told them in the fighter meetings, like, I, I, don't, I don't buy into my own hype like that. Like, I'm not going – sit here and believe, oh, I'm the greatest puncher, because when you believe that and you, and you and you hold really true to that, you limit yourself. You start relying on it a little too much. And that goes in all aspects of boxing. Same thing I said about a tall fighter, and he think, oh, I got a great jab, and they rely on that jab. But when that doesn't work, then what happens? You know, we got to be in a game that's extremely versatile, and when you kind of rely just on one thing, you limit yourself. And so I've never gotten high on my hype of, of this knockout streak. You know, and me thinking like that helps me out because whenever you try to force a knockout, it never happens. It never does. I don't know why. And I've experienced this in, in my fights live where where I would see an opening, and it's wide open. It's huge. I'm like, oh, this is the shot that's going to knock him out. Boom. Nothing. Then the shot that I, I just threw is the one that puts him down. And I'm like, well, dang. Like, I didn't even think that was going to be the one. And so kind of understanding that logic, you know, I don't really try to – I don't go looking for it, you know, and I don't think I have the style for it. I think I have a style similar to Lomachenko of making guys quit more than anything. Okay. Uh, I see you fought Najee Lopez in the amateurs. Was that at 2 or what? It was 2 <laughs> yeah, that was at, yeah, Yeah, that was at 201, yep. So in the amateurs, that's considered light heavy? Heavyweight. Oh, heavyweight. No, that was that was yeah, that was heavyweight. Yep. So that okay. heavyweight, then above that, it's super heavyweight. Cause I remember interviewing you when you were with um, Sam Jan S Jan Boxing, yeah, yeah. 
And, uh, you know, I thought possibly you were going to stay at heavyweight, but. Hold on. Hold on. I lost you. No worries. I thought you were going to stay at heavyweight, um, but obviously you've been able to get down. How hard has that transition been? And do you feel that it's been an advantage? Because we know guys like uh, David Benavidez was 250. Obviously, he was a young kid, but we see he goes into camp four months. You know, it takes some time to get that weight off, and he's 190-something on fight night. Um, are you getting an advantage by bringing yourself down because you were uh, a heavyweight in the amateurs? I'll I tell you the thing about me. So when I fought in the amateurs, I actually was fighting up a weight class. So – my true weight was never 201. I was walking around 183, and I was used to fighting bigger guys. And my advantage in the amateurs was I was a lot faster than them. But the advantages helped me now in the pros is I've learned a lot on how to nullify somebody's power. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big thing I've realized, you know, through a lot of camps that I've been through. You know, especially with guys that rely on their power, like that stuff doesn't necessarily really work on me. I have, a, I, have a, I know how to nullify that. I've been through it through the amateurs. You know, a lot of them guys are way bigger than me. Najee at the time, Najee has gotten a lot smaller, but at the time Najee was way bigger than I was. Um, yeah, I mean, he's still big. And, like he's trying to get down himself, yeah. but he's still at one seventy five. Like I said, you've been make, able to yeah. make it the super middleweight. Yeah, and so one thing I'll tell you about me for sure, I don't play by my by my weight. Like, that's something I get down way ahead of time because I know what that can do to you, you know? I've been through it in the amateurs, and you're talking about doing these week-long tournaments, and you got to weigh in on Monday, fight Monday night. After the fight, you got to go cut weight so you can fight again Tuesday. By, like, the end of the tournament, I was drained. I didn't have nothing left. And to a lot of people who do cut a lot of weight, like, they feel like, oh, if I, if I fight smaller, then I'll, I'll fight better. No, that's not always a truth truth like you lose a lot of yourself doing that and so it hasn't been a strain on me making the weight like i make i'm a professional at the end of the day you know so i gotta make the weight easy um but the big advantage is i've been used to i've been used to fighting bigger stronger guys and i can i know how to nullify power and at the same time um i still am athletic i'm still quick myself so even going down a smaller weight the speed doesn't play a factor either so are you still with S-Jam Boxing? What's your managerial position at the moment? And, and, and how did you make the link with Golden Boy? So, no, I'm not with S-Jam uh, Boxing anymore. Um, we part of ways. I'm now with uh, 3 p.m. three-point management. And so they, they have other, uh, other fighters in Zerto, Ramirez, Scrappy Ramirez, Kareem Hackett. So they got a couple good talent guys. And so I, I've connected with them. And they have a real good, strong uh, relations with Golden Boy. How, how'd, so that, been... how'd that link come about? Sorry to cut you off, but I know that Zuldo helped out Scrappy, and then yeah. Scrappy got signed, and now he's with Golden Boy and also being managed by Zuldo. So uh just yeah. want to see if this was a Zuldo thing to give him his credit, you know? So what, what ended up happening was I actually went out to camp with Zerto um, back when he was fighting Bavol. So I went out to Dubai with them, and I spent a lot of time with those guys, man. And, and I seen how genuine and how hardworking they were. Uh, I, was in, I was in the house with them. I spent so much talking with them, asking them a lot of questions, and I built up a really good relationship with them. Uh, 
so that that's originally how it came about. My network with them was I went out uh, as a sparring partner for them in preparation for the Bavoa fight. Let me interject here. So, did you learn any Spanish overseas in college or school? <laughs> because I mean, you know, I know Scrappy is more in the city, but he gotta know Spanish and Zurdo certainly all Spanish. So, how's the communication and and the vibe how because obviously you became their friend so somehow right. you got past that language barrier if there was one for all i know you can start speaking yeah, spanish no no. no 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 i i unfortunately i don't speak spanish i mean it's something i've been saying i need to learn especially being a golden boy you know like understand marketability wise and just even connecting with people i need to learn spanish but now they're now they're english the scrappy's english is really good so so is zerto's um and the whole team's english is, is really good so there, there is no language barrier that I had to like overcome or anything like that. Was there a point where, where maybe you felt down or like things weren't gonna go the way they should with everything that took place? Because I know I want to say you were kind of with Pro Bellum at one point. So was there a dark moment? And did you know? Am I losing you? I can hear a little, but it's kind of. Uh, yeah, kind of. Kind of sound there. Is that me or you? Okay. I right, me. So, so, uh, yeah. Like, was there a dark moment for you? Did you think, man, my career is over now that I'm in this? Because you, you've obviously got past that. You're with a, you're one of, you're with one of the big three, is what we like to call them. One of the big three promoters. So, you know, uh, you obviously landed on your feet and bounced back well. But, you know. If there was a moment of doubt or darkness, could you let us know for those fighters that go through these situations and don't know how to come out from the other side? It's a tough thing. I think especially the journey I went through was a journey of perseverance, you know. So so background on my story, uh, you know, I graduated in nursing. I could I could easily I graduated nursing twenty nineteen and then I went off to, to join Team USA, try to go for the Olympics. COVID kind of ruined those plans and whatnot. But during this time, it's always important to mention that, like, I don't necessarily really need boxing. At any point, I can always go in and do nursing and, and have a very comfortable life. And but my my message really is about chasing your dream. Like, this is this is my life. This is what I what I thrive on. This is what I love to do every single day that I wake up. And through those dark times that you're talking about, that's something I could easily revert it back to. I could have said, I can go work in nursing. Like, there was a point in time that had no income, that had nothing coming in. I was broke. And I refused. I said, no, nah, because if, if I go back into nursing, I knew that I was going to be too comfortable and I lost my drive to, to really chase my dream. And so, man, I'm talking about this was how long, this was month, almost a year, man, I was, I was having to stick it out. You know, I wasn't fighting, I wasn't active. And that then goes into now this well the past year in 2023 i fought six times in like a span of seven months i know what it was like not fighting you know and i'll never take that for granted again any opportunity i get to fight i'm trying to fight you know and luckily i'm in a position 3 p.m has really helped me out a lot to put me in the position i'm at now um with golden boy and golden boy and i feel like they get a lot of slack but golden boy's been treating me great i'm not gonna lie you know they keep me extremely active um, stepping me up, giving me good competition on a great platform like the zone. 
you know, and, and none of this would have happened if it wasn't for the perseverance. Like I could easily say, man, forget this. This ain't got too hard, you know, and I could have went and did that. But like, I had to really go through the trenches in, 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 in those, like, man, that could have been nine, nine, nine months to a, to a year, you know? Um, but it was worth it. I mean, look where I'm at now. I'm in a great position and now it's really about just capitalizing on that. Yeah, man, they, they certainly are, like you said, giving you, you know, the platform and, and, and the right opponents. You know, um, we made money with you with uh, with the Pacino fight. I thought he was oh, going to be a little tough. bit. Yeah, but I thought he was going to be a little bit tougher than that for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, it took Omari Jones six full rounds to get the stoppage. And I'm high on Omari. I get to see him spoil all the time in Vegas. Right now I'm in Florida. But when I'm in Vegas... I get to see him spar regularly, like Tim Zhu. I mean, Sean McCann, anybody. He, yeah. So I was super impressed with what you did and how you were able to do it in such a short amount of time. Um, uh, not to say that, you know, Pacino is some sort of world beater, but, like, he's a durable guy. Pacino you know? is durable. I yeah. was telling a lot of people about that, too. Like, people can say anything they want about Pacino and be like, oh, he's a bum. You know, the word bum is thrown around so much in boxing. It's crazy, you know? And he's not like the, the greatest talent, but the dude is durable. And I was telling everybody that I was like, you know, one thing about me, I've been like, man, I really need to get some rounds in for real, for real, because, you know, it's going to come a time, you know, when the competition really stiffened up and I need to make sure I'm well prepared going, going further than three rounds, you know. All my fights haven't really went that long. And I was like, Pacino's a good opponent for that. I've seen in plenty of fights him with – um, Amari, him with Javier Martinez, where and with truck, he, he, he took truck six yeah, rounds. Truck. Yeah, with truck, same thing. Where, where, and and they was pummeling him, like they was really putting some hands on him, and he and he was like a dog, still fighting back, and so that's that was the ultimate surprise to me, because even even in the fight, I was surprised. I was like, man, I actually thought he was gonna be a lot more durable than this, you know. But I do have a lot of respect for him, because I think he is a, I think he is a true fighter, you know. Um, and I like him a lot, even even talking to him after the fight. You know, he seemed like a solid dude. For sure, for sure. I got a couple questions here from the people before we let you go. First one is James Valdez in San Antonio, Texas. He says, are you intrigued by the main event? Who do you see winning this fight and how? Jaime Mogia, yeah, obviously John Ryder. Yeah, I am intrigued by it. Like, I mean, for anybody that's boxing fans, they got to know this This has like possibility of being like a fight of the year type fight. And I only say this because, I mean, you think Jaime Mugia, they got fight of the year last fight when he fought Derevinchenko. And him and John Ryder have a style that kind of clashes, that's kind of meant for like an all-out war type of fight. And so in saying that, I'm extremely interested to watch it. Uh, I think it's going to be a banger. I do think Mugia is going to come out on top, though, um, if I had to give my prediction. Uh, don't lose any money off my word, though. <laughs> don't blame me if, if, if you bet on that and it don't come true. But if I had to say, I think Mugia is going to get the win. Um, but nonetheless, I think it's going to be an entertaining night for the fans to watch. I actually, um, I, I want to say Mugia is going to get the win, but I think it's going to be more difficult than anybody has uh, realized right. because um, – Correa is the only southpaw that Munguia has faced probably in his entire career, and that was only one fight ago. And yeah, he has like 43 fights. He has like 43 fights. And and that means that you've only fought one southpaw 
and he's not even high level. Now you're about to fight. I mean, a guy, you know, the biggest thing yeah. that his team has to bank on or, or betters is what did Ryder lose by not surrendering, by not letting his towel, I mean, his team throw in the towel because he went 12 with Canelo. He got battered, though. So they get battered. Did we lose something of Ryder because he took so much freaking punishment trying to be tough? Sometimes you need your team to stop that fight so you can live the fight another day. Yeah. I got Baby Joker that says, Abraham from El Paso. Do you still visit El Paso? If so, I'm a photographer and would like to do a shoot if you ever out here training. Any plans in the future of fighting at the Don Haskins Arena? Maybe you and Mosley Jr.? Salute. Stay blessed. Hashtag Baby Joker. Shout out, shout out my guy. So, yeah, I was born in El Paso. That's why he said that. So I haven't been to El Paso in a very long time. Um, but I think I actually do have plans of coming out there in March. I have a friend that's fighting out there. Uh, so I think we may make a trip out that way. So we definitely got to, you know, my Instagram is Darius Fulgham, just my name. Tap in with me, and then, then we'll try to set something up for sure uh, when I come out that way. Um, as far as the Shane Mosley, Shane Mosley fights in a different weight class as me. He really campaigns at 160. Um, I don't really see a fight with me and Shane Mosley happening. Um, I'm not opposed to it for sure, but you know, we're not, we're not in the same weight class, even though I know he's fought at 168 before, I don't think that's something he wants to really do. Um, so hopefully that answers your question. Not opposed to it, but I doubt that it happens. Yeah. He had won a belt at, at 68. Um, I always thought he was going to get the Belanga fight. It just makes sense for Belanga that it's kind of popular but doesn't have a name, so fighting the son of a legend would help his popularity. That never happened, so I don't know. Uh, I got... We got a bunch here from... Sir Wisdom, last question. Golden Boy Promotions versus Top Rank. Five versus five matchups. Would you, who would you match up with? I don't know if you've seen that, but Turkey Alashik has obviously uh, used his influence to make Matchroom and Queensberry and do Queensberry. a 505. So that's been a hot topic now. Who, who would you match up, who would you want to match up with uh, in a Golden Boy versus Top Rank? So... You're 68. I don't think they have 68 yeah, pounders. I, that's what I'm that's finna say. So the kind of issue with top rank people with me and top rank is top rank doesn't really have anybody at 168. You know, the guy that they had was Berlanga, but they don't obviously have Berlanga anymore. Um, but as far as 68, they don't really have any, they don't have any champions. They have anybody really contending there. So, uh, so my answer, what I'll tell you is actually, <laughs> It would be better BF at 175. I'm not opposed to 175 fighting better BF. Wow. Even after watching what he did to Callum, you still want that fight? Man, listen, I'm trying to be great. And and the only way to be great is to fight greats. And even on that note, that's something I, I want to mention. I remember when I was watching the uh, Benavidez and um, uh, Andrade fight. I remember texting my manager, I said, man, I can't wait. Just in, in time, bro, especially when I get to, to the level I'm trying to get to, man, I, I, I want that Benavidez fight so bad. And I just my mentality is a lot different because I, I know what I'm trying to accomplish in the sport. I really want to be a generational fighter, and I know how people look at Benavidez. You know, he's done such a great job with his career. He's put on great performances. 
but the public opinion of him is is solidified. You know, he's the Mexican monster. Like, and so wow. I, I look at that. I look at Bro, that. And so I think, you want to fight them? I don't think anybody's called him out besides Morel. Of course, and of course, everybody's gonna be dug from him. But you got to think on if you're really trying to do anything in the sport for real, for real. Like those are the guys that you got to really beat. You know. A lot of stuff's kind of money driven too at the end of the day, which we got to understand is the business of it, you know? Like, a lot of these fights have to be groomed to make happen. So, like, Spence and Crawford, if they were to fight their very first, you know, it's the most hyped up fight that happens. If they fought their first fight, uh, if they fought each other in their pro fight, I mean, their pro debut, nobody would care because it hasn't been built up. You know, a lot of things had to be built up over time. And I look at somebody like, even like Morrell, you know, Morrell. Is not as solidified as Benavidez is. Um, I feel like there's still question marks on him, you know, because he hasn't beat like any upper upper echelon talent. And so, say say if if um, say if I was to fight Morel and I beat him, it's like oh Morel just really wasn't that good. He was all hype. But Benavidez though, ain't no way anybody gonna say Benavidez is all hype. You know, you take a name like that, you gotta get your respect. You know. Um, I think obviously that's a very difficult fight to make because he is ha he has his sights sets on the Arthur Betterbees and the Canelos of the world. But um, oh no no, I think I, a way I to make, get I, I, I want to make something clear to him on me saying that is that, and I said this in my post fight interview, my last fight. I'm not in a position really to call anybody out. I know that for sure. Like, cause anybody's gonna be like, man, who is Darius? You know. It's it, any it, me right now. I'm still a very uh, high risk, low reward. I don't have a big enough name for anything like that, and I recognize that. Um, so I, to to clear it up, I'm not in a position to call anybody out for real, for real like that. But I know I mean, in the I future, think, those, those I think are the that fights you that are, I though. Want. I think that you are. You just got to go about it differently. Obviously, you know it'll fall on deaf ears if you're calling out Benavidez because we all want the Canelo fight, but right. you come after his pup. This fight. Do us a favor, post-fight, if you knock out Alantes, call out Pacheco. It's, it's, it's doable. He's in the camp. He's trained by the father. He's top five. He's top five in your division. Um, he spars with Benavidez. There's really no way you can't beat Pacheco and get a Benavidez fight, in my opinion. I mean, right now, I just interviewed the father last week, and they're willing to fight Chris, Christian Mabili. You know, you're not too who far off. Who, who, who are you talking about? Pacheco or, or uh, Benavidez? Benavidez. Benavidez, oh, Benavidez and, and Mabili? They're willing to fight Mabili. So that's what I'm saying. You're not too far off. If you can beat a guy like Pacheco who's on a nine-fight knockout streak, he just got a fight announced. He's going to be fighting Sean McCallum, which is a great yeah. fight. It's um, a good fight. I love Sean. I'm, I'm shocked he actually took that fight because Pacheco's punching, you know what I'm saying? Pacheco's right. a puncher. But that's, I think that's a route, you know. Pacheco doesn't have opponents. You know, they, they've been trying to do Berlanga forever. Um, so if someone points their attention at him, yeah, I think that that, that can open that door for the Benavidez fight for sure. Uh, he's, all his fights are with Senior. So he's been with David from O&O. So there's right. no way that that win over Pacheco will go unnoticed by David, right. in my opinion. But right. I don't know. I got a couple yeah. more before we let you go. Okay. 
You wanted to add anything? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, James in Atlanta, I've been a fan, and I'm not going to tell you to step it up because you already are. My question is, how are you protecting your mental health? A lot of fighters struggle with anxiety through their careers, protecting their O's. So how are you balancing things out? Protect your mental health and wish you a great career. Man, I appreciate that, bro. And and, and that's a, a great question to ask because that's something I've been extremely uh, – well, I advocate a lot on that with a lot of people on my team and stuff. Um, I can't stress enough on how important it is when you go into a fight that you go in clear-minded that you go in stress-free. Uh, I take extreme pride on making sure that going into a fight that I eliminated all the stresses that I got going in my life. Because I don't think we really understand, you know, you go into a fight that all the stuff that you got going on at home, stuff you got maybe going on bills or stuff with your family or stuff with your, your kids or, or whatever it is, that that stuff shows in the ring if you allow it to. Like we're not really as clear focused as we think we are when we got a lot of stuff stressing us out. So I take a lot of pride on just making sure that going into a fight that I'm as clear-minded as possible. Um, and I control a lot of my expectations. So I spend a lot of time talking to myself uh, and really trying to get clear and focused on what I got to do. Um, very hard to do though, you know, cause there's a lot of, a lot of stress you got going, especially in the business of boxing, you know, things aren't always going to go your way, <clears throat> but you got to be flexible and adapt to it. Last one is coming from Flacco38. He says, from Sacramento, California, watched the Golden Boy debut, was impressed. You think you can get show Shane Mosley Jr. fight? Think that would elevate you. I, I just double-checked. He fought two fights at 68. Both went to decision. Since then, dropped back down to 60. Both fights were by knockout. I highly doubt he's going back up. He must didn't like fighting at 68. Obviously, the... The weight and the power was different. He's been able to come back to 60 and get two knockouts over half-decent names. I mean, Demetrius Ballard, biggest name of the two. So I don't know that that fight's going to happen unless you can get down. Is 68 your limit? Yeah, yeah I'm not going below uh, 68. <laughs> I could, honestly. But if me making 60 would probably would hurt me a lot. You know, I wouldn't be able to perform to my best potential. So there's no need for me to do that. And especially not for not for Shane Mosley, you know, um, maybe for a Janibek, I don't know, uh, like only for for a world title that meant something. Uh, mm. But for a Shane I mean, Mosley, I don't think. How much is it gonna take out of you though? You don't want to get down for a unification and then you feel drained. Yeah, I, it's a lot of things, a lot of variables to really think about, but. Uh, Specifically on the question of Shane Mosley, I, I don't, again, I, I don't see that happening um, unless he's to come over to 68. Again, not opposed to it, but it just seems very unlikely. Chad in Canada, do you feel like you're on a collision course with David Morrell? Uh, my answer is going to be yes. I think that because, you know, I'm going through the WBA circuit, I, I want to title of the WBA. He's the champion in WBA right now. Um, probably going to be a matter of time. Uh, it's weird, though, because he trains out in Houston. We, we sparred together uh, before, so I'm not sure on how Wait, his team is. Wait, how long ago was with. that? How long ago was that? When he first that got was, here or, you, or recent? Y'all still sparring? No, that was re that was recent. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, it was For that Beko fight? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, for the, for that fight. 
Because I, I was sparring with him right before mine. Like, mine was December 2nd. So do you spar with Yoannis Tellis too? Uh-uh. No, 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 oh. I spar with him. Oh, because he's out there no, with no, Ronnie. He's 160, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah no, I never spar with him. I seen him, in, I seen him in the gym, though. But I don't really go over to Ronnie's too much to go spar. Um, it never really never really happens. Never what gym really are you up. at? I train this gym called uh, Four Corners. It's a, it's a uh, gym out in Houston. I feel like I've heard of that. Were were some young amateur twins there? The, the I, what's the yeah, what's the great, Philadelphia yeah, twins, right? Yeah, the yeah, they're, they're, I've been yeah. to that gym. I know the owner. The He's Grady a heavy twins. set dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Grady yeah. twins. The Grady twins the was out of there. Yeah, my homie, me and Zach. You know Zach uh, Spiller. We train together. Yes, um, yeah, Zach's my guy. I actually, shit, Zach, man, he impressed me. He did some some magic versus Hergovich one day. <laughs> I was yeah, like, Zach's Whoa. that guy, Zach's that guy, man. It's just, it's just as far as business wise goes, just take a little bit of time to get him really going and stuff, and uh, things that can really make some noise in, in the division for sure. Nah, they selling people that's out that. in the heavyweight division. That's what it Heavy is. Way. Like right now, I, I, they offering people like twelve thousand dollars to jump in the ring with with uh, the the dude uh, Bob Santos got Perot Perot Leonard Perot. Oh yeah, Perot. yeah, like the Cuban guy. Yeah, it's like, bro, this dude's got mad amateur record. He's a puncher, and you only giving people six to twelve thousand. Ain't nobody gonna do that. No, <laughs> I don't know, man. But uh, not happening at all. But uh, that's happening. that's definitely. Uh, I can't wait for for people to hear this interview. That's definitely uh, brave of you, man. People have uh, Morel as this boogeyman. So now that you you are in the WBA rankings, you've sparred him. There's there's obviously no fear there. How is the power, though? Because, you know, they have him as this obviously killer, you know what I mean? Yeah. I can attest to it. I, one thing I will say about uh, Morell is he is strong. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, that did surprise me. Like, even watching his fights, I didn't think he was that strong. But being in the ring with him, he is, uh, he is very strong for sure. I won't take that away from him. So what do you think you have? What advantage do you have over him? Do you think it's the weight being as though you're coming down, or do you think he's just as big? What advantage would you say you have over him? Is it IQ? Because he comes nah, from that Cuban school too. Yeah. Now I would tell you though, my IQ I think is, is going to be above everybody else. Uh, especially, especially as more time goes on, and the more that I'm learning the sport, I think my IQ is only going to grow and get better and better each fight. The the thing that uh, strength, I told you, my, my my big thing is I know how to nullify people's strength, so I'm not necessarily worried about that. Um, I think the biggest advantage he probably has over me, even though we have about the same amount of fights, pro fights, is I think experience. I think he's probably got more experience than I do as far as, you know, I think he's had a fight that, that has gone the distance. You know, I think he went 10 rounds before. Uh, so I, I think as of right now, right, I think that's the advantage that he has over me. But my IQ, I think, is above everybody else's. And this is your second fight with Golden Boy, right? No, this is, I think, my fourth. Um, let me see one. But, uh, but under the one, under two, the new three. deal, though, right? Because you had some audition fights. This is how many of those fights are are part of your deal? This, I think, will be my third. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think this is my third. Nice. They definitely are are, are invested in you. So, uh, who you deal with, Oscar, B-Hop, or Eric? 
Uh, I, I try to stay out of the business stuff. My man oh. can kind of deal with them, but 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 I'm real tight with all of them though. Like, I want to make that clear. We got all got a good relationship. I talk with B Hop a lot. B Hop's been a real good mentor for me. Um, and and B Hop's really been supporting me all the way. You know, he's the one that talks highly to me the most. And and that's something that means a lot to me because you got to understand, I mean, just like you, if you're to vouch for somebody and you're like, hey, yo, yo, this guy's the truth, then that, that takes a lot for you to do that because your credibility is everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And so for, for B out to do that for me, you know, that means a lot. And I, like I said, I can't let him down. For sure, man. Well, those are all the questions. We do appreciate you giving us some time. Uh, I, I hate now actually saying good luck because, you know, Canelo made it a thing where, like, oh, luck is for the mediocre. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, no, we wish you the best on your fight. And uh, hope you that, get that man. win, man. Appreciate that, man. Thank you, man. I'm going to do my thing. All I right. appreciate your time, right. too, and have me on. Likewise. Give out your social media for anybody that isn't following can do so. Oh, yes. Yeah, just my name is Darius Fulgham, D-A-R-I-U-S. F-U-L-G-H-U-M. All right. Thank you so much. There all we right, have folks. it, ladies and gentlemen. Darius Fulgham. Um, all, right, all right. So uh, that was pretty good. Uh, let's get back out to these callers. We got Amazon Prime still on the check-in and sent the counter. What is up? I like that, though. He want to fight Morel. He want to fight Benavidez. He talking about Archer. He's sparring Morel, so you know it ain't fake. I love it. Amazon Prime, we went to you in the meantime, in between time. Chopper. Yo, yo, man. What up, Ness? What's up? Hey, man. Shout out to my guy, Darius, bro. Shout out to my guy, Darius Hanzak. Oh, I actually went to school with uh, Darius, man. And, uh, oh, dope. Yeah, man. And I, 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 I used to box. But I still box, bro. But it just I work in the oil field, so I don't really have that time to train like I used to. But I got a video of me and him sparring, bro. And I actually sent it to you on uh, Twitter. And uh, yeah, man, it's just dope to see my guy moving up, man, and doing his thing. So I'm just shouting him out, man. That's 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 pretty much all I got. We're going to get that dub this Saturday, man. Shout out to CBB. Appreciate you, champ. Shout out to Darius, man. That was a dope interview. Uh, phone lines are open if you want to call in. We got Aiden, $2. Consistent content for the community after work. Appreciate you, Aiden. You know we want you to join the members gang. Where my members at, man? Watch for the hook, $5. I remember seeing Darius at the Legion of Boom gym in Tyler, Texas. He dropped the dude with a body shot. Big step of 254, $5. Ernest from the 254. What up, my guy? When I get a chance to come train with you, I'm coming to the H. Big salute to you. Bring home that dub. Saturday. That must have been you, right? Uh, that must have been Big Chopper. Is Big Stepper, because it sounded like could have been the same. Uh, Benitez, what up? Atlanta. Yo, Ness, you hear me? Loud and clear. 
man. What a, a great interview, man. Great interview, man. Great content, man. Appreciate this, it, man. Man, it's, it's fighters like him, man. That's make that's that still makes boxing still be bright, man. You know, showing a bright future, man. Not only he, he not only he has that he's educated, has a backup plan, but man, he's going for the gusto, man. He knows that he's on the collision course, and I truly believe, man, that he's like one or two fights away from a David Morrell fight, man. And since he came out, since it was announced that he signed with Matchroom a couple years ago, was it two years ago, right, when they had that big announcement he got signed with Matchroom? Who? Darius? He went Golden Boy. Darius. Golden Boy. Golden Boy. That's what I meant to say. Golden Boy. When he got signed to Golden Boy two years ago, 2021, when I saw that, I think a lot of people were shocked. They're like, damn, man, how did, how did Golden Boy even sign a nigga? Like, well, he's going to be... You know, he's going to be shelved. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. But it seems like they're doing him right, kind of like what he said, man, because he looks like he's on a good trajectory. Um, this next fight, I know he's going to do well in that next fight against Fox. Um, and honestly, I threw some names to you in the background. You probably don't like none of them names, but he needs he just needs a name that people are still more familiar with. That's why I said Ronald Ellis or even Jason Quigley or something like that will possibly be good next opponents for him after this fight. Before he gets a before he gets a morale fight, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Do you like any of those opponents for him? Uh, I mean, before morale fight, hell yeah, all those opponents are, are good names. You know what I mean? Because he needs that um, development. But I yeah, like. Sir, I think. The, I don't know. Jason mm -hmm. Quigley isn't he small? Kevin Newman is uh, good. Kevin Newman is actually said. good, but you know, I don't know. Can he knock out Kevin Newman? That might be oh, a durable name. That might be worth it uh, just to check his power and stuff. Newman just mm -hmm. got the win over Quilestro. It's yep. not bad. You know, and I think Ronald Ellis, even if he got those two, got Newman and that Ellis back-to-back -back or whatnot, I think he'll be more than ready for Dave Morrell because those guys, maybe not Newman, but at least Ellis, he had at least fought some elite competition or whatnot, and he's a little crafty. He'll probably learn a lot in the ring before going into a Morrell. Other than that, with this topic right here, um, man, I'm going with Hitchens all the way, man. I'm going with Hitchens all the way. And Pacheco, uh, Mc, uh, what, McCallum? I'm not familiar with McCallum, but you said good things about him. I'm still not sure if it was an upset. I'm going to have to find some footage on YouTube before I make a, a real opinion. But um, I got Pacheco as well at this moment in time. Other than that, Ness, man, um, I'm just glad that we actually talking a hardcore topic. And we actually introduced some people to other fighters besides the Tank and Devin and other things like that. Because there's a lot of rising stars that are coming out of the sport. And, oh, my last thing before I go. Do you think that do you think that Darius gets overlooked as a prospect because of his age? Because I was thinking that, too. I was like, man, he can't be prospect of the year because people are looking at these 21, 22, and 23-year-olds. Nah, while Darius is age, age, don't, age don't play a factor in prospect. It's, prospect is your, nope. your record. Prospect is where you at in the sport. You don't think so? Because, I mean, shit. Because people be judging Frank Martin and shit like he damn near a journeyman or whatnot because he's a little older yeah, because he, than them other young guys. Because he didn't have his title shot. That, and, you know, and people always going to be mean. They always going to, you know, yeah. look for a way to make mm -hmm. a joke and be, you know, funny. Be on some bullshit. Yeah. Other than that, that's my call, Ness, man. Hey, shout out to you, man. Shout out to the community, man. I'm gone. Appreciate you, man. Chad, Canada, what it do? Actually, Chad, give me a second, man. Amazon, are you there? You do got a counter, but I haven't heard you. Yo, yo, you might need to jump out, jump back in, Amazon. 
Uh, Chad, talk to us. Hey, Ness. Uh, shout out James Benitez, my man, uh, with a good call. And I got to say, the TBV just killing it with content lately, man. Like, the interviews, I mean, I'm going to say, like, 60, 70% are guys that I see their names. I'm excited that they're going to be on. And then you're introducing me to guys that I don't know too, you know? So loving that, um, the content and also the stuff that you guys are putting up the, the gym footage and all that's great too, man. For anybody that's, um, you know, so for, put your three bucks up and become a prospect, man. Become a member. You get to ask these guys questions. You got to check out all this footage. Um, I'm enjoying the channel a lot lately. Like, at first, it was just about the lives. But lately, um, all the content's really hitting, man. And uh, as far as Fulgham goes, I called in earlier today talking about him. Uh, can't say enough about him. Uh, Darius, if you're still listening, yeah, you're definitely making fans. Uh, the real the real fans are watching and see, man. Um, and yeah, I would say to, to James uh, Benitez, I, I know what he was saying about asking about age and stuff. I mean, like, I think fans are going to down him just for that, you know, how they always do. But I love the fact that he's got his shit together. Like, the fact that he was able to go a complete nursing and get his full degree in that and everything. I mean, I feel like that kind of discipline is related to boxing. You know, like um, I see it with my own kids, the the discipline that boxing provides you in every other area of your life, you know, being able, that's a huge accomplishment for him. And what a great thing to know. Like, you know, you, you got an in-demand job if boxing just, you know, I'm sure that's, that's helping him carry himself through, through the industry, you know, because he probably doesn't reek of desperation. Right. Um, when you know that, you know, you got something like that to fall back on, but anyway, I hope he goes as far as he can, as far as he wants to go. And I love the smoke from Morrell, man. The Morrell fans are going to go crazy when they hear that, man, they're going to go nuts. And the funny thing is half of them probably don't even know who he is. So that's going to be the fun part. Listening to them go nuts. Um, but other than that, Ness, I just wanted to big up the show, big up uh, you, Danny, and all the fans, everybody, all the real heads listening tonight, right? All right. Thanks, Ness. All right, player. Appreciate you. We got boxing fan. Yo, what up, Ness? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yo, shout out to you, Ness. Um, hope everything's good with you, bro. God bless you, bro. Hey, man, um, Hitches and Lemos, I like this fight, bro. You know, I think it's a decent fight, but I, I think I'm more intrigued for Pacheco. Uh, Ness, if Pacheco, once Pacheco's victorious, man, like, who you think he should have a step-up match? Because I don't think it's going to be Berlin. Ongo, bro, like, who would you say would be that step-up uh, match for him? Even though I know he had it his last fight, but I want to see him there with, like, with a name-name, bro. Uh, step-up fight. Wow. Um... We need to give him a former world champ, bro. He needs like uh, Billy Joe Saunders, like. Uh, I was gonna. 
maybe a Caleb Truax, a Caleb Plant. I don't think he'll be able to get a Caleb Plant. Maybe Carlos Gongora. Maybe Carlos Gongora. Oh, he was the former IBO champ. Um, yeah, that's true. Ooh, uh, maybe Callum Smith. Callum Smith. Or, oh, nah, he's at 75. Uh, mm, I mean, he could fight. I don't know. I don't know what what the dude that that Morrell got his title from uh, Lennox Allen. I don't know if he's inactive or not. But that was a former WBA regular champ. Maybe that's a good regular. He need a former champ for sure. Potentially yeah, yeah. a former champ with a a decent name, though. You know, someone known. Yeah. Yeah. And you, do you think Nas that he should have been the main event instead of Hitchens? I bro. mean, no knock on Hitchens. Bro. Nah, like, no knock, I, I no like knock, no knock. But I, I felt like, like holy shit, like I, I mean, I thought Pacheco was already headlining, right? Didn't they take him to Mexico and shit? Like that was weird, yeah. He had a homecoming in LA. I mean, he should, Eddie should have built off of that, bro. Yeah, I don't know, you know man. Like, I, I don't thought, know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, uh, I don't even know. I don't even know how that happened. I'm going to be real. Yeah, I mean, because I, I hit up Eddie, you know, because sometimes Eddie be re replying to me, bro, and I tell him, yo, Eddie, what the fuck? No knocking Hitchens. I like Hitchens, but, like, come on, Pacheco, like, you know? Ooh, I mean, Ustatagi. That's a perfect Ooh, name. Ustatagi. Hey. Yo, that's a good fucking fight, Ness. Mm -hmm. Hey, that's a good one. I like that one. Well, mm -hmm. that's my call, Ness. Shout out. Bro, and stay safe and God bless, man. All right, Dan, they just announced a good fight on Boxer. I fucking hate that it's on Boxer, bro. Nobody's going to watch this fight, bro. This is Sky Sports, Chris Congo versus Florian Marku. Hopefully fucking Congo could get rid of Marku and shit. Marku, whack. He don't do it for me. Even though he's kind of been turning around, I guess I shouldn't be a hater. He has been kind of turning it around in his last two fights or so. Uh, Amazon trying you again. Amazon. All right, Amazon, no Amazon, Amazon, no Amazon. Okay. All right, well, that means that's all the callers, and I got to all the Super Chats. Till the next one, Arrivederci, tomorrow morning, uh, 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 a.m. Eastern time, right back at you, more boxing talk, peace.